Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to the RV. On this episode, we are in Washington State talking to Wendy Lee Baldwin Hackett. She is a speaker, holistic healer, joyful mentor, success coach, and is the author of two books. So my dear Wendy, welcome. Thank you, Lucia. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to meet you. And uh, we're going to have a great time talking. We have a lot in common. Yes, definitely. So, Wendy, you might be the youngest looking grandmother <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> you are so sweet. I love you. <laughs> no, that's true. So, Wendy, how many grandkids do you have? I have three grand angels uh, right now, uh, the little girls. They are 10, 6, and almost 3, and I have number four on the way. He's expected to be here in the middle of October. So yeah, I'm excited. Baby number four, the first grandson. And uh, it's kind of interesting because I'm so used to girls. I had to stop and think, now what am I going to do with a boy? <laughs> I haven't been around a baby boy since my son was a baby. My son is 29. So it's going to be a whole new learning curve, you know, uh, but I'm super excited. There is a special bond between grandparents and grandkids. This is something so special. Well, it is. And, and I was very blessed that I got to be a very integral part of the, the, my two oldest grandbabies because my, uh, my daughter, she was a, a very young mother. And it just worked out that, uh, especially with the first baby, I helped to be there and be a very big support to her. And then with the second baby, you know, my daughter's a little bit older and didn't need quite as much support, but still did. And so I, we actually, we live together. And uh, I still kind of go through a little bit of withdrawals of not living with them. There are days I'm like, oh, thank goodness they have their space. <laughs> you know, I get some quiet time, but I really miss, miss seeing them every single day. But, but anyway, I, I'm very blessed, very grateful. Congratulations. Thank you. And such an interesting time to be a child right now. But I understand your upbringing made a huge impact on your life. What was your childhood like? My childhood was had a lot of bumps and bruises, and uh, it, it was very challenging. I was I started off life uh, where my birth parents decided early on to put me up for adoption, and I was kept within the family. I was actually baby number three, and so I was. With my new parents, they, I was born in Hawaii, in the USA, and I was brought over to the mainland, to Tennessee. My, my new father was in the, the military, and my new parents were married for about a year and a half, and my new mother, she quickly grew tired of being a mother and realized that having a baby wasn't the same thing as a toy, you know? Uh, so she was caught leaving me unattended home alone. 
And anyway, my dad ended up divorcing her and he was granted sole custody of me. My grandmother, my, my uh, paternal grandmother, this is my new, you know, my new family. Uh, she actually went to the judge and promised the judge that she would be a part of my life and help to raise me. And my dad tells a story that when I was little, I used to call my grandma mom and he would say, no, she's not your mom. She's your grandma. And that, that's so when my grandma died, actually, she died right before I graduated from high school. You know, so I was 17, almost 18. And when my grandma died, it was as if my mother had died. My dad did remarry when I was uh, seven years old, and that was not a very good relationship. My my new stepmother uh, was young, and it was uh, she was very abusive. She was verbally and physically abusive. And at one point, when I was ten, I was actually my my father bought me a one way ticket out of state, cross country, to go live in a religious commune with some people that we knew. I did not know if I would ever see my family again. It was actually the first time and the only time that I plotted killing myself. I've, I've, throughout my life, I battled with wanting to live and die, but that was the only time as a 10-year-old that I tried to actually kill myself. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't very clever. I thought I was. I, uh, where, where we lived was very rural and uh, lots of trees. And I went out into the forest one evening and my plan was to go get lost and to never be found. And I was wandering around and uh, ended up going in circles. And I was kind of mad at myself that I ended up not getting lost. And it's interesting uh, that my time frame living in this commune had the most impact on me in my whole life. And I actually ended up having PTSD because of the events that happened while I was there. And, um, you know, I look at my 10 year old granddaughter who is just this beacon of light and love and joy. And she's, she reminds me so much of how I was supposed to be. And I look at her and I think 10 year olds are not supposed to be plotting how they die. 10 year olds are supposed to be out having fun and being creative and being happy and just carefree. So that was a very pivotal, pivotal part uh, of, of my journey. And then when I did come home, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't sure if I was welcome, all that welcome. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be there. I mean, once I got there, I knew that my dad was happy that I was there, but I was scared to go home. And I remember the family members that actually had to go to that part of the country for another reason. They stopped where I was and picked me up and we came home in an RV actually. And I remember we're at a stop and the man said to me, Wendy, do you know that you're loved? And I didn't. And I remember that day very, very well. And it was like the first time that in a long time that I had heard that somebody loved me somebody cared. And so it, it was just, it was just like one thing after another. And by the time I was 15, actually, I had developed an autoimmune disease. Uh, what we've learned, you know, more and more about autoimmune disease is uh, there's the, the body mind connection. 
you know, the, the body can only take so much and the mind controls everything, every, you know, all of our, our health and everything. And I was so beaten and so worn down, so stressed out. I actually, I, I didn't know that I had this inside of me until I went through some of the deepest, darkest that parts of my healing journey that I actually had the desire to kill. I wanted to kill my stepmother. And of course I can't kill anybody. You know, you, you just don't do things like that. So what I did is I turned all that rage and hatred on myself and I destroyed myself. I destroyed my digestive tract. And I turned when I was like 15 was the first time that I turned to alcohol and got drunk and it just kind of built from there. I, I did have this sense about me that I knew, I, I knew about my birth family. When my dad, when I was about eight years old, my dad did sit me down and show me pictures of my older brother and sister and told me that I had this other family and that I was adopted. And so it wasn't a shock to me growing up. It was just a part of my identity. But I, I knew that my biologic father was an alcoholic. And so I at least had the wherewithal to know enough about genetics to know that I had a greater chance of becoming an alcoholic. And so I made sure that I never allowed myself to cross that line and move into addiction. And there was one time as an adult that I came pretty damn close. I caught myself and it's like, okay, I've been drinking too much. I need to stop and give myself a break. And I felt that craving, that addiction. It's like, this isn't good. You know, I'm not going to go down that path. Um, so that was pretty much my, my childhood in a nutshell. My grandma, who was so instrumental, I'm so blessed. And I, I feel that this is an important part of me being a grandmother is my grandma taught me unconditional love. And my grandma taught me how to cook and she taught me how to sew. And, and just when I was around my grandma, it was just pure joy. And I feel very blessed that I had a leader to teach me how to be that way because I get to be that way around my grandchildren. I was a more stressed out as a mother, but as a grandmother, you know, I, I had to go through some, some healing stuff to get rid of that stress and that anxiety and learn lessons like we all do. But as a grandmother, I got to, I feel that I got to carry the torch, you know, like my grandmother, because my first husband and I, we actually got guardianship of our, of our first granddaughter. And so it's like the pattern there, but it, to me, that was a good pattern to, to get to be a support. Yeah, your childhood was not easy. And Wendy, how did that lead you to want to help people holistically? People, for whatever reason, for as long as I can remember, would come to me and share their problems with me. I, I guess and I, I was happy to, to, to talk with people and to give them love and empathy and, you know, and compassion. And, and so it's kind of, kind of funny story. Uh, there were people that would come to me and I would share the wisdom that, that came from within or wherever, and they would go to a therapist and the therapist would tell them the same thing. Only the therapist got paid. I didn't get paid. And so they come back and tell me, oh yeah, that's what I, oh, the, the therapist said this, like, well, I told you that for free. And so anyway, it's like, I'm giving all this out, this wisdom out. I might as well be paid for it, right? Uh, no, that's just a little thread of it. I thought that was just kind of funny. But how I actually got onto my, the, the big path of the healing journey and helping other people was when I was in the throes of trying to save myself because I felt myself spiraling down, being out of control. My health was getting worse and worse. I actually, I had a lump on my thyroid. I went to a couple different doctors about that. And they both said that you're fine. 
And I said, I'm not fine. I'm way too young to have a lump on my thyroid. I'm gaining weight like crazy. I'm sleeping an hour and a half to two hours a day. I'm not fine. There's something wrong. And so I turned, I was introduced to holistic healing. And the first practitioner I worked with, within six weeks, the lump was gone and I was down 40 pounds. I don't know what that translates in, you know, into other, uh, into kilos, but I was down 40, 40 pounds and I was hooked. And I tell you, I was scared to death to make that step. Cause I started off actually with going to uh, therapy. I started off with a, a counselor. She was a lovely lady who did help me do to stand up and, you know, to regain some of my power. Cause even as an adult, I was still terrified of my stepmother and she helped me to divorce my stepmother. And that as fabulous as it was, it wasn't deep enough. And then when I was introduced to the holistic way of healing, it was just, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. I want more. And then I just became a, a constant student uh, and a client, you know, learning to heal more of myself and learning how to help people. Cause then when people came to me, then I had these certifications and I had, it's like, it wasn't just some knowing that came to me. It's like, it was, it was backed up by other factors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's, that's how I, I got on that path. And it's just, I feel that I went through what I went through for a reason. And I feel very with every cell in my body that that reason is because I am here to help guide people out of their pain and suffering. I know the way, and it's, it's not a, a it's, it's not an easy journey. I tell you, you know, when I work with my clients, I always acknowledge their courage. I say, you are so brave for showing up today. Thank you for being here. It takes so much courage to look at yourself in the mirror. It takes so much courage to be willing to go within and to get out of your comfort zone and to be willing to take on a new identity. You know, that's what happens when you go through the healing process. You go into a whole identity, new identity, and that can be very scary in the beginning. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. And since holistic health concentrates on several factors and and overall well-being, um, I believe many people are choosing this approach nowadays. And I see you published your first book, Healing Your Soul in a Chaotic World, in 2015, which seems to be a timeless subject. What was the inspiration behind this book? Yes, 2015 is when I published that one. Uh, it's there's a copy of it right here. It's, uh, oh, it's nothing. Butterflies. Thank you. And you know, butterflies are represent transformation, 
And then the ocean, you know, there's, there's a tie into my, my history of Hawaii and also water is also representative of your emotions. And so transforming your emotions is, you know, a little bit of the, the, the back end of the, the reasoning behind this. Yeah. Healing your soul and a chaotic world defined the odds of sanity and survival. Yeah. I published this back when I was um, uh, just Wendy Lee Baldwin at the time I hadn't remarried, which I just remarried four years ago. And yes, this is a, a story of my transformation, how I went from being, you know, sick. I, I felt like I was God's biggest mistake. And I used to apologize basically for being alive. And I, that's not an exaggeration. Uh, I don't know if you've ever met anybody who's apologizing all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yes, sorry. But, yeah. Yeah. And I was apologizing all the time. And it took, took a very long time to heal that. It was, that was a very, 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 very deep. My writing, my, my book was actually cathartic. I started off writing it because I just felt this inner need to put my story onto paper. And when I did that, it kind of made it seem like it was really real and I wasn't making that up. And it gave me an opportunity as I was going back through the different events, I would be triggered and it would be triggered to the point that I couldn't write and I would be emotionally charged. And I was at that point in my healing process that I knew that when I got triggered, that was a sign for me to go in and do deeper healing. And so that was a gift. You know, this book was very, very healing for me. And there are some things that I put in this book that I didn't want to put in originally, but my sister's like, Wendy, you need to put this in here because people will relate. People need to know they're not the only ones who have experienced this kind of a trauma. And so I did. And then once I got my book written, I wasn't going to publish it. And this is like a crazy story. By the time I got my book written, uh, my first husband and I, sadly, we divorced. We were, we're still to this day, really great friends. You know, we agreed to, to always be a part of each other's life, to cheer each other on, be there for our children, our grandchildren. And we had a very peaceful, loving divorce. And we actually lived together for a while after the divorce, but we were still living in Honolulu. And I had this, this little voice, you know, those little voices that we get that kind of push you to go do something. This little voice said, get on this dating site. And I'm like, no way. I am not getting on a dating site. Those things are crazy. And it's like, get on this dating site. Like, okay, I got on this dating site. And oh my goodness, I, I know why I didn't belong on a dating site. There's all kinds of craziness there. But this, there's this one man that this voice said, meet this man. And so I reached out to him to this dating site and we agreed to meet. And being in Hawaii, for anybody that's not familiar with it, you know, there's a mountain range that you have to go over from one side to the other. And living there, I didn't have a car that a great, it still has a great bus system. So I took the bus from downtown Honolulu over to the other side of the island to meet this man. And when, as soon as we met, there's like, no way is there any kind of an attraction whatsoever for either of us, right? So we had the greatest conversation and he asked me what I did. And at the time I was speaking, you know, in groups and whatnot. Uh, and he said, and I was teaching things like stress relief action plan and setting goals and dreams and desires. And he said, Wendy, that's great. But 
people want to hear your story. And he shared with me how he uh, went to different alcoholic anonymous groups and uh, shared some of his story. And he said, people want to hear stories. And so I got back on the bus and on the way home, I made the decision I would publish my book because he kept saying, you need to publish your book. So I didn't have the money to publish my book. I needed some money up front. And I called my best friend and I told her this conversation and she says, I've got that money. Would you like to borrow it? Wow. And so I went home, borrowed the money, paid her back right away. And I got off the dating app. I <laughs> didn't meet anybody else because that dating app served its purpose. <laughs> And, and I, I actually, I ended up working with a book publishing coach and uh, he, he's the one who helped me with, with the cover and he helped me with uh, some of the interior design, but it was, he also helped me with some of the interior. Uh, he and, and uh, someone that he was working with at the time, they were going through it and it's kind of funny. He calls me up one day and he says, Wendy, do you realize how many times you said the F word in here? And I was like, no. And he told me it was like double digits, big double digits. And he goes, we get that you're mad. Take them out because you're going to offend people. <laughs> and so anyway, we, I took out the swear words. I think there's two in there. And so anyway, I was really happy that he, he called me out on that. Uh, um, so that was, that was my, my journey to getting that published. And uh, anybody ever wants to write a book, it's like giving birth to a baby. It, it's uh, lots, of, lots of emotions. And can you tell us about your second book? The second book is actually, I'm a co-author. I'm like one of 25 people, a wonderful authors in there. And it's called Empowered Self-Care, Healing Body, Mind, and Soul for a Better World. And this is it here. The lovely, amazing Ariel Asher is the one who compiled all this. Uh, going through this process was, uh, I don't know how she did it, but hurting 25 cats is what it was like, <laughs> getting this all together. So we, ha we have this, and there's a, a journal that goes with this book. It's really, really wonderful. And I'm wondering if you might want to do a new 2020 pandemic edition seeing that the chaos didn't seem to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great one. You know what, though? Here's the thing. Here's a little secret. Even though the world is chaotic around us, inside, we don't have to be chaotic. We get to be safe in our own little world. And how do we become safe and happy in our own little world, even though there is all this madness going on? First, we get to choose that's how we want to be. And second of all, if we're getting triggered by what's going on in society, that is a, a message from our higher self that, hey, there's something that is being triggered in you from the past that you're not feeling safe right now. And this is something that I actually just created a, a, a new free handout is called um, the, the four pillars for more joyful living. And one of those pillars is feeling safe, feeling safe in your world. And yes, it has been absolutely insane. And I, and I say this not, not to be boastful or anything, but I have not gotten sucked into the drama. Actually, I was talking to my husband just today before he went to work. We were talking about politics in the U.S., and I just said something about, yeah, it's kind of scary. And I said, no, you know what? I refuse to be in a state of fear. 
my world, yes, I'm very aware of what's going on around us in the US and around the world, but I refuse to be sucked into the fear state. Exactly. Because I am safe and within myself. Yes, we need to maintain our sanity and also our energy because everything is energy. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. You know, like we, we, we're all energetic beings, you know, and we pick up energy. And if you're in that fear state, you, as crazy as this might sound to some people, I know that you'll understand this, but we, we, we can pick up other people's energy. And I have actually helped many of my clients clear that energy, clear that collective consciousness that has come into their body. And like some of the people I've helped to clear, like they'll have all like this pain in their shoulder. It's like, well, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And as soon as you release that, like, oh my goodness, I feel so much better. I'm happy now. You know, I remember this one lady, she wasn't going outside and enjoying life. And it, when we released that, that group consciousness from her, she couldn't wait to go out and start living again. And yet we, we absolutely have to be mindful of what we allow into ourselves. And, and like you say, you know, it's important to, to put up like this energetic shield or whatever. And it, it's that, and it's also just making the choice. I'm not going to get sucked into that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the law of attraction is you bring about what you think about, you know, we keep creating all of this chaos because there's so much focus on it. So my, my part of my mission in life is to focus on the joy. And Wendy, please tell us what are the steps people can take if they want to heal their inner child? Oh, I love the inner child. <laughs> <laughs> Some steps that you can take to heal your inner child is to want to understand that everybody has an inner child and you can sit in this relaxed, almost like a meditative state. And you can invite your inner child to come out and speak to you. You know, like I've led people to, or you just close your eyes and invite, I tend to do it um, like bringing up a, a happy memory, you know, so that nobody's getting charged to when I'm doing a workshop, bring up a happy memory and that inner child will come up and will show you that happy memory. And that is, you know, that part of that inner child. And if you want to heal your inner child, you can do the same thing. You can sit and you can ask your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind knows everything, every single experience that you've had in your life is recorded in your subconscious mind. And you can go back there like that. You give yourself permission to give yourself permission to go back to wherever it is and start gentle. You know, you don't want to dive into the, the deepest, darkest part of your life uh, to start with, start with something, you know, a little bit more gentle and just ask that part of you to come forward. You can pretend to have a conversation. You can pretend to have that child in front of you, beside you, on your lap, whatever it is that you want. And just, like I said, be in kind of that meditative state in your heart and just allow that child to speak through you. It can speak verbally. You can also do it through writing. You know, you can ask, what does my inner child want to say to me? And just take some breaths and just get into that heart space and just allow the pen to flow. Some people just do it with their normal hand and some people do it with the opposite hand. They call it, you know, automatic writing. It's whatever works for you and give that inner child a voice. Because what can happen is whenever we've had a trauma, 
that inner child gets stuck in time as if it is happening today. And that child needs to be rescued from the past and brought forward with the adult you who is here to keep that inner child safe. I love your answer. And Wendy, where can we find you? Yes, um, my book, Healing Your Soul in a Chaotic World is on Amazon. You can type in Healing Your Soul in a Chaotic World and it's author Wendy Lee Baldwin. The other book that was uh, the group collaboration, uh, Empowered Self-Care, Healing Body, Mind and Soul for a Better World, that is also on Amazon and that's uh, compiled by Ariel Asher. Uh, my chapter in that book is uh, Owning Your Worthiness. What I find is uh, basically all my clients struggle understanding that they're worthy. I, as far as uh, social media, I do have a face, a private Facebook group called the Align with Joy Circle that I invite people who are open to expanding themselves. I, I go in every, just about every week and I do a live, you know, sharing uh, thoughts, uh, some trainings, teachings, inspiration to keep people going. I like to do challenges from time to time. We actually just finished a, a four-week uh, health and wellness challenge, and I brought in a couple speakers. And uh, there's that. And I also have my website, which is alignwithjoy.com, and I have some information on there. I do have uh, a couple free things, if, if you don't mind, if I share those for your listeners, they can go and download. One of them is, like I said, the, the four pillars for more joyful living. It's your, your foundation for more happiness, abundance, and better health. And to get that, you go to my website, Align with Joy. It's A-L-I-G-N with joy.com. And then that slash, then the word for, F-O-U-R, pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S. And then there's also, I created a, uh, a worthiness audio and that is at my website again, alignwithjoy.com, then that slash um, worthiness, then the dash audio. Excellent. And you know that you are always welcome. Please come back when you write your next book. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I do. In all honesty, I do have a, another book that I am going to start compiling. I'm not sure exactly when I keep it's been on the, the my, my burners for a while. It, it's, it's healing from the womb, how your inner child holds the, the, the key to your happiness, because so many people don't understand the effects that their childhood has. And I tell you, I wish I would have understood this more before I was a parent. Uh, but thankfully, I understand it as a grandparent. And uh, I have gone back and apologized to both of my children for things I know that I did do wrong and didn't do and don't know that I did wrong. Because uh, it's all a learning lesson. But anyway, it's very, very powerful. And I'm, I'm excited about that. But thank you, Lucy. It's been such an honor to be here and to meet you. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you again. Pleasure is all mine. I'm so, so happy to have talked with you. You are doing an amazing work and you are helping many people. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And you keep doing what you're doing because you're helping to change lives and you're a beautiful soul yourself. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.